You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school. That's what we're Represent. You're listening to Represent. You are listening to Represent. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back. You are with Bridie, Freddie, and Naya. Say something, Naya, please. Oh, yes. Oh, Hello. Okay, amazing. Na- Naya is joining us remotely today. Naya, which international country are you <laughs> in today? <laughs> oh, where should I be? Oh, I'm uh, going to be in, like, England. I think you should be in, like, you know, her You should screen. be in the studio. That's where you should be, Naya. <laughs> no, Metro strikes Metro again. Metro has let us down. As always. Yeah. Silly, silly Metro, but that's Please okay. Please don't sue us for defamation. Don't sue us for defamation, Metro. It's not defamation because so it's true. We've got a pretty stacked show today. We have a huge show. Um, I've got some stuff about UK politics. What I, do you have? I've got some stuff on the Israel conflicts that are happening at the moment. Naya, what have you got for us? I've got some stuff, again, about the voice to parliament. It's almost here. It's so close. It's like so close. Sleep. You are our voice correspondent, Naya. You really are. I, I did realise, because, of course, we do have our Friday 3 to 5 p.m. slot. You might have heard us in it last week. Um, that's the day before the referendum. I've heard that's only just clicked with me. Oh, congratulations. Which is, which, is ex- which is kind of exciting. Unfortunately, I won't be here, but you guys can you do something like special. I Yeah, well... <laughs> Bring some voice cupcakes or something. I don't know. Save one for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> for Tuesday. For Tuesday. Well, anyway, we are going to go to a quick song, um, and then we are going to come straight back at you with three very important and interesting segments. Yes. Um, this. H- is... How was everyone's weekend, by the way? Oh, just yeah, real that's, quick. I knew there was something I'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah. How was everyone's weekend? Mine was pretty chill. What about What about you guys? Um, honestly, I don't even remember what I, I did. I can't I remember what like I did either. I got to check my just, calendar. Like, literally, just let me have a look. <laughs> um, I did nothing. I had to go on the grind a bit. I have a few assignments due. So yeah, same. Final study. Final weeks of uni yeah, is exactly. going hard. How about you, Naya? I had a very, very good weekend. I um, went to a talk with Lee Sales and I got to meet her oh, that's on right. the weekend. That's great. Which is pretty cool. That's so fun. Good for you. And, yep. of course, how could we forget and we were here? 
We we were here. Oh, yeah, not Naya. Sorry, Naya. Yeah, sorry, Naya. Yeah, since 24-hour fundraising broadcast, which I'd say is a pretty big success. I think so. And by the way, if you want to donate to Sin to keep us on the air, you can do that at givenow.com.au forward slash save Sin. That's S-Y-N. How could we have almost forgotten to mention that when they've plastered the wall with the posters? Like, we'll post it on Instagram because... It's actually like there's no more wall. It's just posters. Yeah, it's. I I I said before, Sin. Would you like some wall to go with the posters? <laughs> yeah, and it's accurate. It really is. But yeah, make sure try keep us on the air, please, so we can bring you hard hitting journalism. Just like, like we will after the song. After concern by Friday. So keep uh, stay tuned to represent. Hi, we're Bridie and Freddie from Represent. Airing Tuesdays, 5pm on Sin. We talk politics every single week. We have the biggest stories and we have the hottest takes. Ooh, spicy. And we interview political changemakers about the things that matter most to young people. If you're interested in it, we're probably talking about it. So make sure to tune in Tuesdays, 5pm or anytime on your preferred podcast platform. And join us while we... Stay Stay Political! I feel like I recognise those voices. Somehow. <laughs> well, they do who, sound a little bit familiar. Who are they? They sound so cool and political. I know, right? I wish I was them. They should host a radio show yeah. on Sid, Tuesdays at 5 and Fridays at 3. Exactly. But yeah, welcome back to Represent. Now, speaking of politics. <laughs> speaking of politics, we do have some politics to get into because, of course, there were some uh, unfortunate events that unfolded in Israel and uh, Gaza, Palestine over the weekend and over Monday. Um, Of course, our hearts go out to all of the families who might be affected by these tragedies, lost loved ones, anything like that. And we are going to deep dive a bit into the subject because we were discussing it yesterday Mm. and we kind of realised that it's such a complicated issue and it stretches back um, almost a century, really. Well, even, I mean, even further. years, really. It, yeah, even but, further. Like, yeah. Um, but we all kind of realised we didn't... The conflict as we see it today. Yeah, the conflict as we see it today stretches back around 100 years, and we thought we'd just sort of dive into it a little bit and sort of get the audience informed, because we thought if we weren't the only ones that were a bit confused about how this all started, surely our audience is a bit confused about it too. So, of course, we're not going to go back all the thousands of years, but we will start sort of where the modern uh, interpretations interpretations the modern conflict starts and of course this is sort of a very touchy subject and unfortunately we can't cover every single detail about it on air this is quite a simplified version that we're going to bring you and of course if you if you want more of it let us know on our socials if you want us to cover it a bit more uh and of course there's heaps of things you can do online to do your own research and if at any point you are distressed by what we're talking about there is lifeline 13 11 14 uh, and Kids Helpline 1-800-55-1800. So without further ado, we'll get into it, and then we'll also talk about what was happening over the weekend. So essentially, the Israel-Palestine conflict drills down to what is essentially two groups of people tr- trying to claim the same plot of land, really. In the early 1900s, the land that is now israel and Palestine was part of the Ottoman Empire. Christians and Arabs lived on the land together with a small number of Jewish people there as well. And at this time, all the groups were relatively peaceful with each other. Um, But the land and its Arab population started to cultivate sort of a national identity during this time. And they came to sort of start calling themselves as Palestinians. 
But also during this time, there was a movement in Europe called Zionism, which cultivated among the European Jewish population. Zionism is the idea that being Jewish is more than a religion, but also a national identity, and it deserved its own land to go with that. This was after centuries <clears throat> of toxicity towards Jewish people, so many believed that establishing a Jewish state was their best path to safety. So they, all, they sort of decided on their historic homeland of Jerusalem, which was in this uh, Israel-Palestine land, uh, to be this state. So from, around, from the late 1800s, the 1880s to be specifically, to around 1910, tens of thousands of Jewish people, people moved to the land. Uh, but after World War I, the Ottoman Empire collapsed and British took control of the land, and it was given the designation as British Palestine. When this happened, the British also allowed the Jewish population to immigrate to the land, but as more Jewish people moved there, there was a growing conflict between the Arab population uh, and the Jewish population, because it was seen that the Jewish people were kind of almost trying to steal the land from the Arab population. Um, so, as a result, the British limited the Jewish immigration in the 1930s in an attempt to settle the conflicts in the region. Uh, but because of this, Jewish militias started to form in an attempt to hold what they saw was their land. So then World War II came along, which of course brought, brought the Holocaust, which was absolutely horrible, and this led to a lot more Jewish people to flee uh, Europe to move to British Palestine, which they saw was safe. Uh, the Holocaust also led to many international countries showing their support for the for the Jewish people to hold British Palestine as sort of their uh, Jewish state and as their land. But again, as more Jews started to flee to British Palestine, the conflict between the Jews and the Arabs grew even further. So in response to this growing conflict, in 1947, after... After World War II had finished, I believe. I'm not an expert yes. on world wars, but yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, the United Nations approved a division of British Palestine. So this divided British Palestine into three areas. The Jewish state, which is known as Israel. The Arab state, which was to be known as Palestine. And then Jerusalem was given its own special designation as an international zone because it was a holy site for Christians, Jews and Muslims. Uh, so they sort of wanted to make sure all three groups could still call that land home. Uh, it was seen as a way for the Jews to have their own land for safety, to give the Arabs independence as the Palestine that they sort of came to cultivate. Um, and it was also seen as a way for Britain to be able to get out of having to manage this Arab-Jew conflict, which was sort of starting to spiral a little bit out of their control. So while the Jewish population in British Palestine were happy with the proposals, the Arabs were mostly unhappy because they saw it as a way of Europe trying to steal their land. Uh, this led to the Arab states declaring war on Israel in an attempt to take back the entirety of their land. The war went for a year from 1948 to 1949 and was won by Israel. But as a result of this victory, Israel took more land from the Arabs than the UN plans had intended for them to have. So the Arabs were only left with the Gaza Strip, which has become pivotal in the conflicts we saw over the weekend, and also the land east of Jerusalem, known as the West Bank, which was also controlled by Jordan at the time. Uh, but while the war ended, the conflict did rage on. 
1967, the Israel, Israel launched attacks against the Arabs, which resulted in what is called the Six-Day War. Israel won again and ended up taking all of the Palestinian land that even the UN had sort of designated them. So this included Gaza and the West Bank. They also took additional land, neighbouring land, from Egypt and Syria, which was not part of British Palestine in the first place. But deals in 1968 resulted in Israel handing back the land that they took from Egypt. They gave it back to Egypt. Uh, and in subsequent years, neighbouring Arab countries also made peace with Israel, which sort of ended the conflicts in the wider region. But the population that was always in Palestine was still extremely unhappy with Israel occupying the land that was supposed to be theirs, even under the UN plans. So the Palestinian Liberation Organization was formed in, 19, in, in the 1960s, sorry, and they started to launch attacks in the late 60s and into the 1970s against Israel in attempts to claim all of the British Palestine land back, which they saw would form a unified Palestine, and they also sort of sought to end Israel entirely. Uh, however, later on, they started they would st they would accept dividing the land with Israel and shifted to only wanting to claim the West Bank and Gaza, which was mostly in accordance to the UN proposals uh, that were made when Britain decided to divide it up. Uh, this led to the Israeli citizens moving into land that the Palestinian Liberation Organization were trying to claim. This made it harder for them to actually claim the land and harder for them to sort of have a unified, independent Palestine. So Palestinian frustrations with all of this began to, uh, began to lead up to the first Palestinian uprising in 1987, which was very violent and it led to hundreds of deaths from both sides. So while the uprising occurred, the Arabs in Gaza split off from the, from the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO, and formed Hamas, which is dedicated to the destruction of Israel entirely. Uh, they are quite a violent group, and they're still around today. These are the, this is the group that launched the attacks over the weekend on Israel, and they are considered by a fair few countries to be considered a terrorist organization. Uh, um, sorry, I've lost my spot a little bit. It is really complicated. <laughs> it is very, um, very complicated. There's so yeah, a lot of different countries and groups involved. Oh, absolutely. So in 1993, the Oslo Accords were signed by leaders from both Israel and Palestine. This established the Palestinian Authority, which allowed Palest Palestinians to govern themselves in certain areas of the Israel-Palestine land, allowing for almost an independent Palestine. But a lot of people weren't happy with this, especially the hardline Palestinians and the hard-right Israelis. So Hamas tried to sabotage the Oslo Accords through suicide bombings, and hardline Israelis also started to rebel against the plans. So the Oslo Accords were kind of seen as almost the first step towards finally brokering peace between the two sides. But of course the hard lines on either side of the conflict weren't exactly happy with this. Um, so the hardline Israeli and Palestinian violence led to peace talks beyond the first round of Oslo Accords to be stalled. It eventually all kind of fell apart with nothing really official being signed. This led to the Palestinians launching the second uprising in 2000 because they believed that the hope of peace was basically lost. This uprising ran for five years and led to almost 5,000 deaths from two sides, much more violent and much more bloody than the first uprising. 
So it's at this point that the Israeli government also lost pretty much all of their hope for peace. They built walls segregating Palestinians from Israeli land. Israel also withdrew, withdrew from Gaza at the end of the uprising, which led to Hamas gaining control of the region. Hamas also separated from the Palestinian Authority that was established through the Oslo Accords, and this divided Gaza from the West Bank. As a result, Israel built even further blockades, almost completely separating Gaza from the rest of the entirety of the land that was used to be British Palestine. So this is where the conflict sort of stood until days ago. There was a lot of violence between the two sides even after that. Um, yeah, it's just sort of regularly yeah, popping so, up. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of short bursts. They were very bad, obviously, but nothing sort of to the scale that we saw over these few over the years that I've just covered. Uh, but it has started to ramp up again this year, especially with the election of Benjamin Netanyahu's Israeli government, which is considered to be well, he yes. Was, he was booted out, right, or resigned or something. He was out of government, and he's come back recently, like within the last year. Has he? Yeah, he's come yeah, back. Yeah, and I think he was on trial for corruption. Right. Okay. Interesting. You might have to One look minute, into please. that a bit. Right. He's going to look into that a bit more. But uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's government is considered to be far right. And this sort of led to further conflicts escalating over 2023. There was a lot more violence that we've seen throughout the year. But it's all built up to sort of what we've seen. Yeah, it was still ongoing during June. He was being um, investigated into allegations of bribery, fraud and breach of trust by him and close political allies within his inner circle during his fourth and fifth terms as Israel prime, Israel's Prime Minister. Interesting, okay. Yeah, right. so yeah, it's still going, so there's no... Um, yeah, no resolution to that exactly. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> over the weekend, this is sort of... So that's sort of a very brief history lesson. It's a very complicated issue. There's so, religious involvement, yeah, there's, you know, the, racial differences, um, yeah. racial conflict and borders and there's the involvement lot. of Britain, of there, course. There's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. So, of course, if you didn't take it all in in that sort of segment, fair enough. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll repeat the segment, who knows, but it's all sort of led up to what happened on October 7th, which has sort of taken the world by storm a little bit. All eyes have been on Israel and Gaza over the past few days. At 6.30am local time on October 7th, various uh, militia groups led by Hamas launched coordinated attacks against Israel by land, air and sea, while also breaching the border fence between Gaza and Israel. Hamas fighters stormed and captured numerous military bases around the Gaza border. By 7.30, Hamas had entered at least nine towns around the Gaza border, and they were taking hostages back to Gaza and sort of putting them on display for the population there. Later in the morning, militants had started destroying the border wall even further, the border wall between Gaza and Israel, and this went from just sort of what was a small opening to basically a wide-open corridor, um, sort of allowing the, the Palestinians to enter Israel, which they haven't really been able to do because they've had this huge wall there that was put up by Israel to sort of separate them. By the afternoon on October 7th, around 200 Israelis had been killed and thousands more had been injured. And by later in the day, Israeli had, Israel had struck back against Gaza with rockets. A similar number of Palestinians were killed by these strikes. 
Hamas has said that these attacks are just the beginning of what they expect to be a long war, which is quite frightening to think about, I think. We don't need mm. more conflict this year. We've had a lot no. already. <laughs> um, so Australia has weighed in. A lot of the international crowd has weighed in, but we'll just talk about Australia and what they've got here. So Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong was quite quick to jump in. She said this... Uh, on Saturday night. Australia unequivocally condemns the attack on Israel by Hamas. We unequivocally condemn the indiscriminate rocket fire, the targeting of civilians and the taking of hostages, a particularly distressing and egregious act by Hamas. These are So there we go, that was uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong speaking on the attacks. Uh, Anthony Albanese also called the attacks indiscriminate and ad abhorrent. Peter Dutton, it's rare to see him agreeing with Albanese on things, but it was <laughs> nice to see him agree that the coalition, he said the coalition, utterly condemns the unprovoked and abhorrent attacks on by militant Hamas on Israel. So that was sort of the political response. There was also a rally in Sydney, a pro-Palestinian rally, which was quite controversial. They protested outside the Sydney Opera House as it was lit up with Israel's flag in solidarity with Israel on the attacks. Uh, before the event went ahead that afternoon, Anthony Albanese said he doesn't think the rallies should go ahead, but they did go on anyway. So that's sort of, a, that's sort of where we leave... The conflicts, they are still ongoing, of course. Jacinta Allen has Ooh, also yes. condemned the Hamas attacks. That's the um, Victorian Premier, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Our thoughts are with the Israeli community in Victoria after the recent terrorist attacks by Hamas. Hundreds of in innocent civilians have been injured or killed, and many Victorians will be worried for friends or family. Uh, we condemn these horrific acts as a state and a nation, and we acknowledge Israel's right to defend itself. Uh, I do also just want to say just... Yesterday, it was reported that the death toll uh, from both sides, Israel and Gaza, has soared above 1,100 deaths. Yeah, so it's gotten very serious very quickly. Absolutely. Um, the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has warned Israel to prepare for a long and difficult conflict with the militant groups that are currently attacking them. So it's a huge... There's a lot going on. Uh, it's obviously very distressing. So again, we do have those support lines. Lifeline 13 11 14. There's also Kids Helpline 1-800-55-1-800. Yeah, and I yeah. think um, cool. just someone who I've been um, noting his response to, this is a bit random, Yeah. but um, Otolenghi, the chef, Yosham Otolenghi, um, okay. He's Palestinian. Okay. Um, and so he posted on his Instagram. Um, and I mean, I follow him because I love his food. Yeah, fair, <laughs> not fair not enough. Not for his political stance. Fair enough. But he I said, can concur. Yeah, thank you, Naya. <laughs> he yep. said, full of anger and fear at the tragedy that's happening right now in Israel and Gaza. Fear for my family, for friends, and for all those who are suffering. These are horrific, barbaric sights. Even in a reality of injustice and suffering of Palestinians, the brutal killing of whole families, unspeakable scenes from a massacre at a music festival make my blood curdle. This is awful and has to be condemned. I pray for an end to this new death cycle, for people to come to their senses, for the return of the captured and missing, and for peace one day. So I thought that was quite... Powerful words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. Um... Yeah, so the whole world has basically gotten behind it. It's been crazy. Um, 
and they're horrible attacks what's happening it's sad to see loss of life no matter which side you're on 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 this conflict it's horrible to see that over 1100 people have lost their lives actually i've just seen today the death toll 1600 yeah. on both sides so there we go that's the latest death toll i have no more updates to the death toll okay but um but yeah so huge stuff and we'll huge definitely stuff. be keep covering it on this show sort yeah. of as it unfolds um and yeah. um so let's go to a song let's but go to first, a song if you want to hear more great yeah. clear and insightful and well-researched journalism from people like us um you should donate to sin at givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. There we go, yeah. Um, Please keep our station on the air so we can yep. continue to uh, bring you this. I do want to mention... It gives journalism students like Freddie a chance to hone his skills. Naya as well, she's a journalism she student. Is. Actually, Heather Jarvis, $100 just five minutes ago. She is my tutor in one of my classes this semester. You go, Heather. Heather, are you listening? Hi, Heather. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, um, anyway. let's have, hit up a song. What are yeah, we listening to? Yeah, this is to? Dollhouse by Del Watergap. And You're listening to yeah, represent. We've still got more coming after the song. So much more. So much more. You are back on Represent. Welcome back to Represent. We are the weekly politics show. Bi-weekly on, now. Bi- not, no, that would be every two weeks, No, that's it? fortnightly. But isn't bi-weekly also two, every two weeks? Bi-weekly definition. Yeah, because... I think bi-monthly is every two months. Yeah. Okay, my bad, you're right. Um, <laughs> oh, bi-weekly. Oh. Anyway. In Merriam-Webster, it says bi-weekly and bi-monthly can both mean occurring every two or occurring twice in. Well, either way, what? sin is in trouble and we need to save them. <laughs> yeah, we because need to save us. If you have been listening to the station over the past uh, over the past week now, I guess, almost week, uh, Sin is almost out of money, and we have just five weeks now to save the station, which is huge, because Sin's community is absolutely massive, so this would affect so many people. There's over 300 volunteers here. There are 300,000 monthly listeners across all of our across all of our platforms, and 85% of our audience are under 40 years old. There's all, Sin has also produced over 6,000 people that have passed through the program here, uh, across all industries and across the world, which is crazy. It so is seriously crazy. And it would be a shame if that alumni had to stop at over 6,000 members. Let's get it to 10,000 members. Let's get it to 20,000 members. So you're going to say 1 million. I'm not going to lie. 1 million sinners across the world. But the only way we can do that is by raising a bit of money, because otherwise this station will go off the air in five weeks. Uh, so the link is givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. That's S-Y-N for sin. Uh, and all donations are absolutely appreciated. Every dollar counts. We have five weeks to keep this station on the air. It's run entirely by 13 to 25-year-olds. So let's keep it going because it's a very important platform for all of them. It's let's an important it. platform for us. As you heard before, we just produced an amazing piece of journalism. We do that every week. <laughs> we do. Uh, it'd be a shame if we had to stop in five weeks' time. Speaking of great journalism, Naya, take it away. Go, Naya. We gave it. We gave it a go. Uh, so, we... Oh, wait. I think I found why. Oh, okay. Hang on. Unmute site. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then you would still let... They don't want it in the Constitution. Surely then you would still legislate the voice, set it up in law. 
No, what we've done here, David, is uh, respect the request for Indigenous Australians for recognition in the form that they have asked for it through the Uluru Statement, all of which occurred under the former coalition government. But we will also respect the response of Australians next Saturday. What does that mean? It means, it means that if Australians vote no, I don't believe that it would be appropriate to then go and say, oh, well, you've had your say, but we're going to legislate anyway. So what we will do, what we will do is respect the outcome of the referendum. But I, I, work, I don't quite understand that because if, if it's going to... All right. So, we got it working. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> continue now. Si sorry, Tom's the charm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so what we heard there was that if the voice to parliament this Saturday falls sleeps, as we said, um, if it does not go through and it is not enshrined in the constitution, it won't be legislated by the government. And I mean, his his reasoning is that if if Australia votes no, why should the government then turn around and legislate it and say, oh, well, you voted no, but we're going to put it in legislation instead. Um, but I have a confession to make, which I have already confessed to Brady and Freddie. Oh. I was living under a rock a little bit while I was in Canada uh, and um, oh. didn't realise that this this is quite important after, I believe it was in early September, we learned that Peter Dutton, if he was to win the next election in, I believe, 2025, um, he talked about uh, doing another referendum to, um, now I've got it written, the right wording here, and I've lost my notes. I oh, have two no. lots of notes. Um, <laughs> but it uh, it was to enshrine symbolic recognition. Whoa. I don't know what that sound was. What? That's my dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give your dog a good pat. It's okay, Naya. Um, shall, we, shall we continue? So? <laughs> I can see her turning around on the Zoom. She's, like, behind, looking behind her and shouting. <laughs> Good no, I just she's just turned away. Wait, I will I, I will pose my question to you and then move my dog. Okay. Um so my first my first thing to think about was like should should the government come up with a backup plan that's clear if it doesn't come through and is it like should there be a different body and I'm going to go deal with my dog. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, From yeah. my end um, I read the book, uh, it was a yes advocating book by Kerry O'Brien and Thomas Mayo. It outlined all the things that government, all the bodies that governments have legislated in the time that, you know, Aboriginal affairs has been in the public mind. It was appalling. It was like every government made something new. And then the and successive government the takes it down, one. basically. Exactly. It's hopeless. It's not a useful um, thing to do. I think it would be a waste of time and it would be a waste of money. No, I totally agree, because I think the whole point of this referendum is to protect this body from just being dismantled by the next government, exactly. right? Um, so, yes, it is totally possible to legislate it, but I feel like a lot of the confusion that a lot of people have is why does it have to be in the Constitution? Why can't exactly. we just legislate it? So if we say, like, because there will be a lot of people who don't want it in the Constitution but think it should exist through legislature... Mm. So I think it's probably, for the case that Albo is making, I think it does make sense to say we're not going to legislate it. 
um, it does make sense to say we're not going to legislate it uh, because, of course, otherwise that gives people incentive to vote the way he doesn't want them to vote at the upcoming referendum. But also every legislated voice just seems to ultimately disappear, which is bizarre. Naya, back to you. Yes, Naya. yes. My dog is now eating second dinner, um, and hopefully that'll keep her quiet. Um, yeah, well, that what you've said, Freddie, that was my thought, That, and it almost gives people a, an out, might be the wrong word, but this sort of, well, I'll vote no because... Well, they'll legislate it anyway. It's going to um, exist if, if anyway. If he was to say, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that was my that was my go to thought. But then um, there was another um, article on the ABC, which was quite interesting, talking about Albanese's response to. There was a tweet um, from former Labor strategist Cos Samaras, uh, who took to Twitter to say, um, once you include. Undecided, undecided voters about the um, the yes vote. Um, that's closer to the high 30s. It's done. It's over. And Albanese said it's only done when people cast their ballots, which I don't, I couldn't find anything, but I think it's a very similar thing to what he said in the last election. And I mean, they probably said every year, but it was quite this sort of like the polls say this, but it's really not done until election day, until election night. Um, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, we did see, especially in, was it the 2018 election? I always forget the year of it, but the 2018 election where everything was against the Liberals and then the Liberals won. 2019. 2019. Yeah. I was a year off. Yeah. 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 So he's not wrong. So it is totally possible because, um, Naya, I'm assuming you will bring up the polling that Casey Briggs did. But, um, you know, there's always possibility that the polls could be completely wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, the oh, hang on, I'm just moving across to my second set of notes that have the statistics and aren't just quotes. Um, but actually, I did hear, hear something interesting this week, which was talking about we always have to remember with polls um, and the, the, pre, um, the pre-polling. Oh, there's the dog again. She's now barking at a bird. Um, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it yeah, it just, she gets to be the fourth member of the show. Um, her name's <laughs> Lily, everybody. This Hi, is Lily. your fourth host. Um that, uh, yeah, this person was saying that um, often people will will talk about the the um, pre polls as as fact, and then not consider that often there's a note saying like not included under including undecided voters or or is including them as a yes or a no. In this case, yes or no. Otherwise, it's in an election. It's a little bit different. But I thought that was an interesting thing to ponder that. This this isn't necessarily a perfectly accurate representation of everybody who's going to go out and vote, and it just mm-hmm. made me remember not to take it too exact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because totally. polls are done. Po- the way polling is done is they take a subset of people, uh, generally a group that can represent like all of the demographics of the whole population, and then they use those results to scale it up. Yeah, I think, um, to be fair, polling a yes-no vote is probably easier than polling a preferential oh, voting ab- system. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I, don't, I don't envy the job of the number crunches behind the yeah. polling when it comes to, like, a federal or state election. Yeah. Anyway, let's run through the rest of this segment and then go straight into mine because we are starting uh, to run out of yes. time a little. Time's yeah. gone too fast. So the ABC polls at the moment 
have yes at around, they've got it at an average of 41.2% and the no at 58.8%. And um, if you get online and have a look at the, the graph, which was quite interesting to look at, there's been quite a distinct change from when it was first um, sort of coming into conversation last year um, with the yes, the percentage of people voting yes dropping um, or predicted to vote yes dropping and likewise the no vote going up um, and it's currently at um, by these polls almost the highest it's been the no no vote is almost the highest it's been we should also note Which, that the abc polls are an aggregate of all of the national polls casey yeah. briggs has gone and crunched the numbers then come up with these numbers based on the other national polls abc doesn't do their own polling mm-hmm. yeah which, uh, I mean, it's it's a great, great resource to look at. But oh, I, I'm really curious whether this will change throughout the next seven days or four or five days, whether we'll st- see um, sort of like that high-level campaigning. I know a couple of people who are getting out there every day at the early polling booths and really pushing in that last stretch. So who knows what we'll see on, on uh, Saturday, but we'll definitely talk about it on Tuesday. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh my yeah, God. try stopping all, us. All eyes will be on the news yeah. on Saturday. We're all voting on Saturday, yeah. um, actual referendum day. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. But it's been quite an exciting week in, in British politics, yes, I believe. It has. <laughs> Give now. Today, forward slash save sin. Yeah. So the UK is ramping up towards an election campaign. It hasn't been announced yet, but it must be held before the end of January 2025. So yes, that's a while away, but we could be seeing an election in both the UK and the US next year. So that's kind of crazy. Big year. Um, It kind of sounds like it was going to be in May, but given what we're about to learn, um, it looks like Rishi Sunak is probably going to push that out as far as he can. Um, It's unlikely to be having a campaign over the Christmas period, so most likely it'll be in um, the Northern Hemisphere autumn, so second half of the year before Christmas. Right now, though, it's party conference time over there. So uh, the Tories had this last week, the Tories being the Conservatives, um, and Labor's is currently happening. Um, So a little bit about what Labor is doing. They're the opposition um, at the moment in the UK. They're promising to give cities and town councils more power in the areas of housing, planning, skills, energy and transport, which is already held by bigger um, councils such as London, the West Midlands and Greater Manchester, but smaller town councils don't have any sort of power like that. Um, So Keir Starmer said that this would give power back and put the communities in control. So this is quite a big move. I mean, this is could be his last speech to a Labor conference before a general election. And he's kind of struggled to lay out a clear vision f- that's going to kind of get the public behind him um, in a, any sort of substantive way in the past um, because he's been leader of Labor for quite a while now. Yeah. But he's just kind of starting to set out now this very big and very comprehensive plan for his policies going into the election. Um, Rishi Sunak has recently refocused on green priorities, you know, more environmental things. Um, He's also announced smoking being phased out in line with a new policy that was in New Zealand, which is Mm. basically where every year the legal age for buying cigarettes becomes one year older. So from a certain point, anyone below that age will never be able to legally buy a cigarette. Yeah. Um, So in... That's kind of that's very much indicating that he's moving towards an election campaign, releasing popular policies, things like this. 
Um, the Tory conference was last week, and we've seen some pretty insane polling that's just come out in the last couple of days. So this poll said that Labor could win 420 seats, up to 437 um, with the Tories only taking around 190. So, is that right? <laughs> that <laughs> so is huge. It's a massive, massive, massive majority. That is absolutely Sorry, crazy. 149 to the Tories. Oh! That's 190 majority. Bro, <laughs> someone call the that. ambulance. The Tories yeah. are getting murdered. So that's crazy. Um, it would also more than reverse the massive gains in the red wall that the Tories won last election. So what that means is basically at the 2019 election, the Tories kind of took a bunch of these really Labour heartland seats that had never been won by the Tories before. It was a landslide. Um, whereas now we're talking about Labour winning 22 blue wall seats, so doing the opposite, coming back and and more. Just flip it, flipping it back Completely over, flipping reversing it. it. And, and more. Yeah, so, you know, this is controversial polling. It's likely that the gap will close a lot over the next however long it will be, probably around a year. But we've essentially switched um, positions in the party polling from where we were in mid to early 2020 at the peak of government support because we saw a phenomenon in basically every country where support for the government as the COVID pandemic started skyrocketed. And so the Tories were at an all-time high and Labor is now at an all-time high. So um, current predictions basically say that Labor's going to... Sorry, Keir Starmer, the leader of Labor, is going to reverse their decline among the British working class. Um, it showed that only 44% of working class people who voted for the Tories in 2019 plan to vote for them again. <sighs> However, they aren't yet rushing to Labor because the UK has um, doesn't have... Compulsory voting. Sorry, I just had to think of the word compulsory. It took me a second. <laughs> um, because they don't have compulsory voting, these people don't have to, you know, choose the alternative. So they, you know, they're undecided as yet. Um, you can just rock up and not vote if you want to. You don't have to rock up at all. God damn. Oh, yeah. that's true. <laughs> um, so apparently it seems like economic security is what's primarily driving these Tory losses. But there's a lot of kind of mess going on in the UK at the moment. They've got massively high gas prices. They've got crises in the immigration department. You know, basically politics is like a little cesspit over there. UK it's, politics is going badly. It's been like that for like a good amount of years now. Yeah, so it's, it's not, not it's, it's not good. It's not a surprise to say that that isn't clearing up anytime soon. Yeah. So an interesting quote, a uh, little bit of <clears throat> echoes of Ronald Reagan from Rachel Reeves, the shadow chancellor um, at the Labor conference. The questions people should ask themselves ahead of the next election are simple. Do you and your family feel better off than you did 13 years ago? Do our hospitals, our schools and our police work better than 13 years ago? Frankly, is there anything in Britain that works better than when the Conservatives came into office 13 years ago? So, look, the NHS, I forgot to mention that, absolutely in crisis. Oh, yeah. Much worse than our hospital system over here. Which um, is almost hard to imagine a I know. little bit, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like a total mess. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of the end of my segment, and we've got that, to wrap um, up because we've got to let, make way for the hoist. Huge stuff. Any final thoughts from the panel? <laughs> <laughs> um, of us? Not from me. 
Um, but Nile? Politico has a good poll. So it's called the Poll of Polls, which is a bit weird. But like <laughs> the um, the lines for Labor and the Tories are pretty crazy. Anyway, yeah, Naya, anything? <laughs> You'll hear from us again on Friday. Yes, you will. Friday at three. Friday, Friday and Naya will be yeah. in the studio. I will not be, unfortunately, because I am being held hostage by work. How dare they? I know. Capitalism strikes again. And you're about to be held hostage by the hoist, but I would argue that's better than being held hostage by my work. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thank you to Anonymous, who donated $83 just two minutes ago. We appreciate you keeping Sin alive. And if you want to be like Anonymous, who's, like, absolutely cool, love him, givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. Keep Melbourne's only station dedicated to 13 to 25-year-olds on the air. Yeah. Um, we'll appreciate any donation, big or small. Um, now, we hope you enjoyed the show. Listen back to us on Omni, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, follow our socials at Sin Represent, Twitter, Threads, Instagram. We're everywhere. X. And don't forget to stay, stay political. political. You are listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Sin. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show.